I just want to look a little bit at money to try to understand. The, f the first type of, of transaction that humans did was, was bartering, what the Arabs call muqayada. And this is basically where you bring goods to the market and other people have goods and you want their goods and they want your goods. And you basically uh, exchange. Well, that, that can be very cumbersome. And then it's difficult if you have a cow and all you want is a bushel of wheat, uh, it's very difficult to make those type of exchanges. And so early forms of money, salt, which is where we get our word salary from uh, in English, uh, was used. One of the most common uh, forms of money was actually shells, um, cowrie shells in particular, which are quite, they're, they're, they're relatively rare, and, they, and there's specific ones. In fact, they've sold for over $50,000 today. Uh, that, that's how rare some of them are. The Arab traders actually used cowrie shells uh, uh, in uh, East Africa. And then also spice was used, um, particularly pepper. People liked pepper. But uh, we have that term shell out. You, know, he, he, you need to shell out some funds. Um, and then wampum also was the beads that were used by the Native Americans. And it's famous that uh, Minuet bought New York, uh, the uh, Manhattan Island, for a pile of beads. Believe it or not, tobacco was once legal tender in colonial Virginia. So these are all forms of money, but, but essentially the, 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 the most important form of money that has emerged in our species, no pun intended, because it's called species, um, the, is gold and silver. And in fact, in our tradition, Ibn Asakar says that Adam was the first one that minted gold and silver. And it is mentioned in Genesis that he was near a river that had gold in it uh, when he was, came down to earth. Um, Generally, the Muslims always understood money, what's, what's called al-ayn or naqdain, to be gold and silver. And uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that later. But in the 10th century in China, uh, because precious metals uh, were uh, rare, uh, they actually started using paper. So the and this is uh, Christian era. So the first paper money is from China. Now, one of the interesting things, around the uh, 16th century, you actually had the rise of international banking. So here in the, in the Jew of Malta, because a lot of the Jew, Jewish uh, uh, moneylenders, uh, they, they were permitted to loan money, according to the Bible, to uh, non-Jews, to strangers, which are traditionally interpreted as enemies. So uh, in, the, in the Jew of Malta by Christopher Marlowe, it was around 1590, uh, he has the character Barabbas, who's the Jewish moneylender, say, in Florence, Venice, Antwerp, London, Civil, Frankfurt, Lubeck, Moscow, and where not, I have debts owing. And in most of these great sums of money lying in Al Banco, in the bank, all of this I'll give to some religious house. He, he was basically forced to convert to Christianity. But the point is, is that Marlowe was pointing out that there was already, in the 16th century, an international banking system, which is very interesting. Now, the types of money uh, that, uh, that we have are fiduciary money. And I, and I beg to differ with uh, Hossam I, when he said that money doesn't have intrinsic value. Modern money does not. Traditional money was considered to have intrinsic value. Um, the fiduciary money is, is, ba is based on having a, a, an intrinsic value. So it's a commodity-based money. And so, for instance, if you look at this note here, it says that this is that this is redeemable in gold coin, $20 worth of gold. And so this was uh, in the United States before the Federal Reserve. 
Then you got what's called fiat money. And this is basically money that does, is not backed. It's, it's backed by two things, the productive capacity of the actual society that is printing it, and then the guarantee of the government to protect it. So those are the two things. And this is why American uh, dollars are so valuable, because they become the reserve currency after Bretton Woods in 1944. So fiat is let it be. And it's actually in Genesis, in the, in the Vulgate translation, fiat looks, let there be light. And so essentially, fiat money is created ex nihilo. And the only one that can really create ex nihilo is God. So Jefferson, because in the early period of the founding of this country, Jefferson actually warned about this because they, were, they had these uh, continental notes, which were paper money. But he said that he considered banking to be more dangerous than standing armies. And, and spending money, what they do is spend money to be paid by posterity because they create money. And so under the name of funding, they're actually swindling the futurity on a large scale. He also said that, you know, that it will lead to bankruptcy and at the mercy of those self-created money lenders and are prostrated by the floods of nominal money, and in other words, money that has no real intrinsic worth, with which their avarice deluges us. So, in 1913, there were several financial crises in the United States. So you had one in 1819, you had one in 1837, 1857, 1837, 1873, 1904, 1906, and then you had a huge one in 1907 where the Knickerbocker Trust Company in New York went bankrupt, and it created a huge crisis. Well, this very powerful banker, Paul Warburg, got his cronies together, and, and basically bailed out the bank. So then you had basically this man, Senator Aldrich, who, who with the bankers, they went to a place called Jekyll Island, and, uh, and, and, and it was very secretive, it was a very interesting event. And they created this system of the Federal Reserve to be the, the lender of last resort. In other words, they, they would basically bail out banks that got into trouble, if they were big enough. If they weren't big enough, they let them fail. So this was signed in, uh, in, in 1913 in December, and this became uh, the, the Bank of America. And th th there's a very interesting about central banks. Um, recently, there were only about four countries that didn't have central banks, uh, Libya, Syria, Iraq, and North Korea. I wonder if they have anything in common. Um, so here's how they create money. Basically, you, know, you, you deposit $1,000, from that, and even this doesn't even mean anything anymore because they don't even have to have uh, reserves uh, until it gets to a certain amount. And it's between five and 10%. Some of the venture capital banks actually were leveraged much higher than this. But this is basically how it's done. And so it just, this is the multiplier effect of banks. They create money out of nothing. And this is actually usury. This is, this is, usury is not what a lot of people understand. Usury is to make money out of nothing. That's what it is. And so this is what they're doing. And so you have the central bank, they sell these, um, they sell these uh, treasury uh, bonds, and then from that they print, so the government actually is using the central bank, which the Federal Reserve is, it's, it's a hybrid of a, uh, 
a, a, a government entity, but a private entity, at, which has 12 branches. The reason they're all over the country is because they didn't have the electronics when they started it. So it was all done by paper. So they had to have these 12 different banks. And they're actually private banks that work with the commercial banks. They give them money. Uh, and then the commercial banks, in turn, loan it out to the general public. And this is the money supply. 